It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to the old school NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. It is just Mark here with Ryan. Ryan, mate, it's mate, footy is back. We're recording today on the day the first trial's happening. Um, we've already seen a punch up. There's a sailor running around in a Broncos jersey, and and that's how you know that that NRL's in a good space, mate. Oh, mate, how good is it? Yeah, no, it feels like retro around. We're uh, we're throwing it old school here, just back to the uh, the OG two. I, I, you know, I've, I've been absent the last couple, so it was, it's good to get uh, get a run. Rob's let me uh, fill the seat. <laughs> Luckily, regular yeah. Rob. Yeah, well, you know, I was I was thinking about it. After the pod with the NRL physio, which we definitely didn't record the same day as the one we're doing this one. And, um, you know, I was, I was contemplating it and I, I just thought he, he wasn't giving his best. You know, he looked like he's a little bit tired. So, you know, we've given him a little buy around here. We've given him a little rest um, to go off and, uh, you know, have a, a barbecue. And, you know, we're just going to take the hit-ups old school. You know, we've had our, uh, you know, packet of Winnie Blues and KFC Mega Box at halftime, and we're back for the second half. Let's go. Yeah. All right, mate. Today we are going to do. I know this has come in real like light and breezy or whatever here, but we're actually going to do our game three podcast today. So we're going to go through some head to head overall strategy and try to show you guys uh, how to do not as we do. Uh, but just do as we say and succeed in either head-to-head or overall, depending on how you prefer to play the game. Now, Ryan, you are the head-to-head specialist. Uh, mm. You're a uh, you're a, an absolute shark when it comes to head-to-head leagues. Uh, I, what's your? I think in the cash, like the like decent money cash leagues that I've been in with you over the last three years, I think you're three mm. from four, aren't you? Yeah, well, I've made the grand. So this is what coming into our fifth year. So uh, four seasons in that league, and it's a pretty competitive league. Like it's usually a lot of uh, you know top one hundred sides in there. But um, yeah, so I've made the grand final three out of four years in that. So that, that's 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 mm. the target. And I, I think uh, you get an advantage as a head to head player by ignoring overall. And I think a lot of those guys who they get caught up with their uh, one hundred, their top one hundred rank. Yeah, Family their top one hundred rank. They don't want to let that go. And that's yep. where they fall apart. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, and I mean, we've 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 had a state of luxury since the inception of the Titans, which I'm going to go ahead and guess was 2017. Um, yeah. Who? Wait, uh, the Gold Coast Titans? Yeah. When when were they introduced? Like 2006, 2007. Was it? Yeah. What was the team that threw it into even numbers? Uh, that was the Rabbitohs, wasn't it? They made it fourteen. No, no, yeah, no. The Titans made it. Yeah, no, the Titans made it sixteen. All right, because I just remember um, there being like a lot of buys uh, back in the day, and I remember buying Kieran Forum when he played for the Eels, whatever year that was. So I don't know why they would have had an odd number of teams in that year. I think they but, did. Um, yeah, weird. Okay. Yeah, anyway, so now we've got 17 teams. We've got buys every week. We've got, uh, we got some, you know, major minor buys. Uh, so the major buys, they're going to see six teams on a buy. The minor buys are going to see three teams on a buy. And then every other week, they're going to have one team on a buy. So, um, Ryan, I think the way we're going to do this is we're going to chop it up into overall and head-to-head. We're going to go through some overall strategy first. Uh, and then we may or may not make a second podcast on head-to-head, or we might just do it all in one go, depending on how we'd gone for time. So let's just jump straight in. And um, so for those of you that want to uh, sort of follow along along with this podcast, I'm going to direct you to the Game Theory article that we've got on our website. Uh, so that's www.amateursfantasysports.com backslash NRL, backslash buy hyphen planning. And for that one there, we're going to uh, have a look at some some game theory, specifically as it relates to how to tackle the buy rounds uh, as a, either a head-to-head or overall player. But, Ryan, we'll start off with overall. Um, so 
I guess the first bit here is something that's applicable to both of them, which is the value of money in the early rounds. Hmm. So obviously a lot of people get caught up in the, you know, break-evens as, you know, rigidly as they are. Um, you know, say like, you know, and we do it the same when we're on the podcast, you know, we go, oh, you know, Ruben Cotter is 744 divided by, you know, 14,600 means he's got a break even of 52 or he's priced at 52 or whatever it is. But, you know, uh, as we saw, particularly in 2021, I don't know if you remember, I'm assuming you do, the uh, the players would hit their break even and still lose like 30 grand. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, <laughs> mainly because of Cleary, I think. <laughs> It's yeah, too ridiculous. So, he was driving up the scoring. Yeah, so the way that the that the um the buy rounds actually or the sorry, not the buy rounds, the break evens actually work is based on the anticipated number of points that should be scored versus what's actually scored. So, you know, let's say you take, for example, a guy like Josh Jackson. Uh he leaves the NRL or Siwa Takiaho, they were sort of, you know, fairly high scorers. They're going and they're being replaced by, you know, Franklin Pele or some other potato that hasn't, you know, scored at all in the past or, you know, he's projected to average 17. You know, we're looking for all these value players early and, you know, we've got extensive articles on on value, guys like, you know, Brandon Smith and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not giving anything away by telling you that at 47.6%. But, um, you know... Those the fact that all these players are gaining money early in the season does throw out the um, the price increases early, uh, and the reason why we bring this up is for guys who are on a short term, you know, price crunch. Uh, so, and I mean, the perfect look at that, Ryan, would be the uh, the Cowboys with Helam Lukey looking to return somewhere between rounds four and six, and and people looking at Jack Kaczewski. Um, you know, to try to, you know, oh, he's, you know, he's, you know, his career average at back rows 30, he's priced at 18, you know, he's got 10 points of value. We're going to jump on and try to make our money beforehand. And I, I know, uh, you know, when, when I listen to other people speak about money and, you know, I know, like I think we're all guilty of it at times, talking about gaining cash, when you buy a player in the early rounds, Ryan, what's your approach towards trying to select the right players? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, well, look, obviously you want to try and find the players who, first of all, have the requisite amount of value to um, to be to justify buying. Like we tend to think of that as about ten points, um, which I think what equates to what about one hundred and forty thousand, I think nowadays, give or take. Yeah. Um, yep. Look, I mean, firstly, you want job security. Obviously, that's a very important one. You don't want your player gone um, a week later. There are some players you might consider taking that risk if the upside's good enough. Like, for example, I think an Isaac Thompson's a good example of that, where if he was to hold that spot, uh, he's he's going to be a very valuable commodity, a very valuable player to have in your side. But there also is that risk that he could be gone by round two with Tane Milne there. Not that Tane Milne's a particularly looming threat, but he is still there nonetheless in the shoulder, like looking over the shoulder. Um, there's also the, I guess, the uh, the idea of the, the high like you know, the high ceiling, low floor type player like a Tyrell Sloan as well. Um, there's the thing in Sloan's favour is that he does have that job security that um, that I spoke about because if you get a player like that that only has say four weeks like a um, bloody jet ski for the Cowboys, if he comes out and was to put up a thirteen which he's done in the past with a try and you know puts up a bunch of low scores, or suddenly you you've got this guy that you're stuck with, you sort of need that longevity to to give him the best chance to to make that money if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the other thing is, and and this is actually something that came up on the NRL Physio pod, which is interesting. It's something that I've always sort of known, but haven't really spoken that much about. Is if you're going to take a risk on a player in your starting seeds team, is the time to do it mm. uh, because you're only actually spending one trade to get them out, as opposed to bringing them in and getting them out, which is two trades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, that was the old the uh, the super coach whisperer uh, wisdom from last year, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Joshy. 
Yeah, so um yeah, no, it's it's definitely one it's one that I'm sort of looking at, you know, like for example, a guy like Tavita Pengai Jr. He's mm. one I'm really interested in. I went back and re-listened to the YKTR episode. Uh I brought this up on the the team uh the the questions podcast the other day, but I know that uh, obviously, Ryan, you didn't participate in that. And, you know, for some people, two and a half hours of podcast is too much. Um, I've got some bad news for you. You're probably not going to listen to this one if that's the case. But um, no, and and Pengai, the way that he reacted to not being named in that, you know, the top 13 players for the Bulldogs, he, he, said, he didn't say, um, you know, you didn't have me in the 13 in my mind as in like in the lock role, like as in in the top 13 players was the way. But he was like, you know, trying to fight the host, you know, like offering him out for a charity fight and stuff, which, you know, shows me like he, he you know, he's got the mentality like, oh, I want to, you know, want to prove everybody wrong. I want to do this. I want to do that. I mean, we've heard that before. But, you know, if you're going to take a risk on a guy with high upside, you know, like Pangai, round one, starting teams are time to do it because you you know you surely don't want to be like waiting till round three and you know and snagging him you know when he's 640k and then having him flop because you you know you've lost out and there's been a couple of recent examples of this ryan i want to point point you to um obviously case and points nico hines last year who we were big advocates of um and you know we all know how that ended up (laughs) pat on the back pat on the back um, Jaden Braley was another one last, you know, uh, in 2021 where, you know, we jumped on him and, you know, he had the big upside and then, you know, if you sold him out at the right time and Andrew McCulloch, I think as well, like if you bought him and then sold him at the right time, you did really well. But, you know, if you didn't sell him at the right time, you created, mm. um, so yeah, it's, it's just important. And I mean, there's a couple of guys I think that, that probably fall into that range this year. Uh, but. It's, uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of guys with, you know, sort of murky prospects, but a lot of upside this year. So, um, mm. I mean, lo- looking at, you know, a start- as a starting team, do you have a sort of a number of guys you, 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 you're you looking at taking a risk on or is it just best value and, and that's it? Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to put a number on it exactly because it can certainly vary. Um there's, there's certainly look. Firstly, you want to you want to find a guy that you think has the value to begin with, um, or at least has the ability to produce the value. Like I think a perfect example of that is Hammerso, um, and I think we used him as an example uh, as this type of player last year. And last year didn't go too well. I, I think maybe we're uh, repeating history here, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Um, but he is that type of player that he could average high 20s to low 30s or he could be very explosive because he's uh, that type of player um trying to think of other examples of this um i'm not too sure i've got too many i mean i guess like a guy like chance would be a risk playing in in a poor in a team we expect to be poor but we know from years past that he can be quite a reliable scorer as well so yeah, I mean, it's a tough I've seen one to a balance. couple of people. I've seen a couple of people talking about anti-potting Tyra Sloan, you know, like just skipping mm. him because the dragons are bad, or Brandon um, Smith. Brandon Smith, you know. And I mean, mate, can I tell you, like, on my, I've got a, I've got this like spreadsheet that I've done for, um, and it's not an Adrian spreadsheet for those of you just reacting to the word spreadsheet there, um. It's uh it's it's a um you know I've done like a calculation on the first 13 rounds of like projected average and like replacement value so like if they're on a buy what the score that I'm likely going to get is instead and how that you know sort of impacts my overall points if that makes sense hmm. and of all of the players that I've got in my team Brandon Smith has the worst score <laughs> Uh, and that's with him projected yeah. in like 52 range because he's got the double buy. So he's got the round four buy and then the 13 buy. And, you know, you look at a guy like, you know, Adam Elliott, for argument's sake, in that same price range, uh, he's got only a buy in round 10 or whatever it is, and inno- innocuous, plays round 13, you know, and you might not even have him by round 10. 
but if you do, like, you know, you've only really got Hastings and maybe Miller, uh, but, you, you know, you've got a whole extra week. And is there really a, a difference in the upside potential between Smith and Horsburgh, Pengai, Elliot, you know, everyone else in that range? Mm. You know, you've got guys, excuse me, you've got guys like Luke Garner and Ellie Katoa who are, you know, looking at, high 40s projections, uh, which is not that far off Smith, but they're 100 or 150K less uh, with with the bad buy schedule. Um, and so obviously their score is significantly better. Whereas, you know, you look at Smith, you're playing 585K for a guy who hasn't really played a lot of hooker. You know, he's tri-dependent depending on which set of stats you look at. You know, and he's 48% owned almost. Like the temptation is absolutely there to antipod him. Uh, but, you know, you sort of – you almost can't. Uh, and, like, I haven't even considered taking him out of my team because I don't want to let that thought pop into my brain. Yeah, especially as well given the side he plays for. Um, a lot of people are expecting the Roosters to be a lot better this year and Brandon Smith will have to be an integral part of that if that's going to happen. Uh, I could certainly see Smith only averaging mid-40s. Uh, it's It almost feels like the likely scenario, to be honest, doesn't it? Um but, uh, yeah, the, the upside's there and you don't want to be the one with your pants around your ankles um, with half the half the fantasy community already owning him and he's averaging, you know, low 50s and you're just stuck there looking like a fool because you took Tavita Pangai who's <laughs> going off three times a game, <laughs> punching blokes in the head, getting sin bins, um, fighting hosts of podcasts. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what that's what we want to see. That's some old school rugby league right there. So that's the best yeah, it's it's um yeah, it's hard. But you know, even Pangai, like he he has the same buy schedule as Brandon Smith, except you know, he's available all the way to round thirteen. You know, mm. he's not available in thirteen, but he doesn't have that extra buy. So even if they average the same, he's gonna get a whole extra week of fifty average, say argument's sake, um, where you know, that one week that Smith's on a buy, you gotta play Matt Dory for his you know, maybe 19 points, you know, or it could be, it could be 35 awesome. or, you know, you don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think it probably depends on how it all shakes out in terms of uh, TLT and what quality cheapies we get. Uh, there's a little bit of mail floating around that Sonny Luke's actually going to get a lot more minutes than, than what everyone's thinking. And Kenny's going to still be in that like 30 minute, 10 minute hooker, bench roll and then um yeah luke's actually going to take basically just slot straight into the appy job which would make a big difference that's an extra cheapie there uh if we got harley smith shields and a couple of other really good cheapies that might open some options up um to sort of you know just skip on this tier of player there um but you know it's 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 a tough decision for fantasy managers because i mean the two the two guys that i'm looking at with like suspicious eyes in my early starting team is Brandon Smith and Hamaso. Mm. Um, and if you, if you, if you want a reason to not get Hamaso, tune into the NRL physio podcast. For those of you that haven't, uh, haven't listened to that yet. He, no, uh, that's, he, that's a, it's a teaser. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. He talks about his, uh, the potential impact of his, uh, PCL injury, uh, and how that might impact his fantasy scoring. Uh, so yeah, if you, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go back and listen to that episode. Cause that's, uh, very valuable. And it, it's the most doubt I've ever had in my selection of Hamaso was, uh, when I was doing that podcast with Dan Earl Physio. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, he's still there. He's still there. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to look at his face right now, he's just a, a faceless man with the gray <laughs> circle, so but you know, if I had to look at his grinning face and his, you know, missing PCL in his knee, then you know, I might change my mind. So, who knows? Yeah, like the, I think the, the the biggest difference between Smith and Hammerso for me, uh, putting the injury aside for a second, like Smith, I feel like is easily replaceable um, in that price bracket. Hammerso, it's like who are you replacing him with? Like your options are sort of limited. Like it's like Remus Smith or Chance if he gets the dual position. Like, and I don't feel like they're much better. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna go with the Hamaso Thompson Talau dirty cheap center stack, you know you really need to you know go up to a Stags or a you know Lomax Holmes Bird sort of gear 
Um, mm. And, you know, you're really gutting your team for money. Like, you know, even, you know, I've even wavered on homes recently and I'm like, I'm super high on homes, but I've even got a bit gun shy because I'm looking at that money. Um, and if he doesn't hit that 55 and he only hits 50, I mean, I can get 50 out of Lugana for 150K mm. less. So, you know, why am I spending that money on a center? Or I can get I can get 44 out of Stags for 100K less. You know, why would mm. I bother? So, um, you know, even Braden Burns, if I like the Bulldogs, you know. So, mm. yeah, I'm really approaching that center position with a lot of open mind in the uh, in the early season. But the thing is, you know, in the plus side for Hammerstone while we're here is he's going to play around 13, assuming he's not playing State of Origin, which you have to imagine that that centre position is going to be Gagai and Holmes uh, unless there's an injury. Uh, and he's not playing wing or fullback for Queensland. So, you know, is it, you know, is it that, you know, that Thompson, Hammerstone, like you only, like that's one unavailable game through the first, like, 14 rounds. Mm. You only have to play Tommy Talau in, like, week, 11 or whatever it is when the Dolphins are on by. Other than that, you've got those two guys the entire time. So that, that might be their deal breaker there for, for making making that selection. Yeah, interesting. Um, it might be one to watch for the trials, like see how he actually looks uh, yep. in, in the trial games. Yeah, 100%. All right. So, yeah, definitely, you know, I think early season, obviously, we're just looking to, to put as much value as possible into our team, you know, and you can, you can find the players with the most value by checking out our short list, uh, checking out the website, there's about a thousand hours worth of articles and heartache and stats and blah blah there. Um, now, Ryan, the next part of this is choosing your captain and making a selection of who your captain's going to be. Um, have I swayed you in an overall sense to Cameron Murray, or uh, would you still be inclined to go one of the two big halves? Um. Oh, look, I, I, you've definitely swayed me to Murray over Hines. Um, I think that's an easy selection to make. The tough one for an overall perspective, I guess, is Cleary, and it's just because of the name value of who Cleary is as a player. Um, you, you certainly make a very compelling case. It's not something I, I probably would have put together if I was just looking at overall specifically. Um, yeah, but it, I guess just the thing with Cleary is like you – just what we've come to expect from him, um, like that that ceiling that he's capable of putting up that we didn't really get to see the best of him last year um, would, would be the only thing that would tempt me away. But it does seem like you, you put through forward a very compelling case for Murray. Yeah, I, I think I think if you are a head-to-head player, you know, we'll, mm. obviously we'll circle back to head-to-head, but the choice is easy to just take a Cleary there. But, you know, for an overall player, it really is a tough decision because, you know, where, where so basically the, the gist of it is Murray's going to average about 65, assuming he doesn't take a step back in his points per minute. But, you know, given what we've seen from him, his development, his leadership, the Rabbitohs quality, I don't think he's going to do that. Um, Cleary is going to have a buy in round three where everyone who goes the Murray route is going to get a 65 because... You know, the, the, the stats that we've actually done on Murray is in 80% of games, Murray goes 60-plus in, in the current scoring. So it's, uh, you know, it's a high chance there. And, you know, with Cleary, let's say Cleary's on a buy in round three, you know, your next best player that you've got in your team more than likely is a Matt Burton, Ruben Cotter-style player in that, like, low 700s. You know, you know, can you squeeze a Joe Tarpane or something like that? And would that make a difference? Probably. Uh, probably it would. But then, you know, do you trust Ricky Stewart not to play Joe Tarpane for 36 minutes in round three for a, like a 42 against uh, against the Sharks on a Sunday afternoon? I don't know, right? Whereas, you know, you know with Murray he's going to play 70 minutes for the Rabbitohs. He's going to put up a 60 more than likely. And if it's not a 60, it's going to be somewhere between 48 and 59. He was an absolute weapon last year. And then the other point is you lose that, you know, that double, the double score, you know, on the second score instead of the captaincy points, which, you know, let's say you take 10, 10 off there, um, you're, you're playing a Matt Dory or a Tyrell Sloan or, you know, Khan Pereira or Talao, someone like this. 
in your in your uh, emergencies has got to be in your scoring 17 for that round three. You know, what's the chances that Tyrell Sloan throws up a four? Mm. Where compared to that 65 you're getting out of Murray, that's an absolute killer. Um, Sloan's actually got a pretty good matchup in round. Oh, no, that's I've gone too far here. Yeah, he does. He has a good matchup in round three against the Knights. Um, Tommy Talao is going to play against the Bulldogs. Uh, Matt Dory is going to play against Manly. So, I mean, they're all options there, but do you trust them? And on which one are you going to select? You know, it's it's you know it's not going to be a Cam Murray-level replacement. So, I mean, the, the numbers say if you can get 30 out of your emergency and 55 out of your captain, that, that's about where you need to be to, to cover the replacement for what you would have got for Murray's overall points. Um, but also like, you know, Murray's 50 grand cheaper than Cleary and, and what could you do with that 50 grand? You know, it might be the difference between taking Daniel Saifidi and uh, Brandon Smith or Tavita Pangai who have that, you know, potential extra, you know, five or six points a week. Um, you know, you maybe you're taking a risk you don't need to take. Maybe you're taking Tamari Martin instead of Chance. you know, those sorts of decisions that you're making. Uh, which compile onto the you know the risk that you're already taking, um, and then on top of that, we're talking about selling Murray in round thirteen because he's got a terrible buy schedule through the middle rounds. Um, you know, for me, I'm looking at starting with Murray and Tapane, which means I can just whack the C on Tapane in round thirteen, uh, and and I'm going to sell Murray on. So I'm actually not even losing that last that last round either. I'm going to move him on, bring in somebody you know, who's available. And then in round 14, I'm going to use that cash from Murray to grab, you know, Joseph Manu and, you know, all these other guys who are, are essential buy round players. So, mm. yeah, it's a big, big decision. Um, I, I think the big highlight, though, for me, Ryan, is more so now than has been in the last five years, it's absolutely critical to make a decision about whether you're playing overall or head-to-head before you start. Yeah, you, you can't sit in that middle ground anymore, can you? Um, like you were sort of able to straddle defences the last couple of years with only with teams only playing one by. Actually, that that um that circles back to the the start. Remember how you were talking about why they were playing so many buys back in the day, or at least when you had Kieran Foran. Um, so I figured it out in 2016 to 2017, teams used to have two buys a season, and then in 2018 they switched to one buy, and it's been that way until now. Until uh, now, in PBL's glory, we've got the nameless uh, or the, the the homeless dolphins, um, <laughs> <laughs> the homeless dolphins with three buys for each team now. So yeah, it, it's skyrocketed up. Um, in years past, you could sort of straddle that fence of overall head to head. You you were getting a little bit of a disadvantage um, if you were focused in head-to-head leagues, if you were focusing on overall, because come uh, finals time, you were usually uh, running a little bit lower on trades than, say, someone who was able to sit through round 13, 16 um, without really using any. You know, they could just sit on those trades, enjoy the week off, um, or, you know, see in the finals, save some trades. So, But now with even more buy rounds. Obviously we've got a lot more trades this year, but it's it's gonna be even more important to manage and it's yeah, it's gonna be a lot harder to um to get to the finish line. And we've got an extra what extra two rounds as well this year. So Yeah. yeah. So obviously teams play the same amount of games, but mm. they're just more like it's like accordion stretched out by a couple of rounds. Um so if you if you're following along to our article here, we're talking about the buy manipulation for the early rounds now where so there's a number of teams who don't have any buys before round 13, making them a team that you want to target early. Um, so those five teams are the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Bulldogs, the Eels, and the Rabbitohs. And of those five teams, four of those teams also play round 13. So the only team that plays out of that list is in round thir- that sorry, he's on the buy in 13 is the Bulldogs. So Cowboys, Broncos, Eels, and Rabbitohs are all available prior to and including the round 13 buy, which is absolutely massive, Ryan, for, for people early looking for an advantage. And I mean, unfortunately, some of these teams are really skinny on, on players with actual, with, a, with options. 
Yeah, it's a it's a it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? That's we've got all these teams with excellent buy schedules to begin the year and no one to actually buy. Um, mm. Yeah, like one as a head-to-head player, and I think you made this case um, in the article is is Payne Haas, given that he's got no early buy rounds, which is which is which is great for all fantasy players in the first thirteen rounds. But then obviously he's going to be playing Origin, and he's got that um, that middle buy draw. That's not so good for an overall player, but. Yeah, but yeah, for an overall player, I'm not even sure who you target. Maybe a Katoni Stags or. Um, mm. yeah, well, well, and I mean that's exactly the decision that I'm sort of looking at. Is you know you look at Valentine Holmes. Let's say he averages 50 and Stags averages 42, for argument's sake. I've got to trade Holmes in round 13 because he's not available in 13, 16, 19. Plus, also not available in round 15 when the Cowboys have their standalone buy. And available, not available in round twenty-four in the head-to-head finals. Plus, I think there's another buy in there somewhere, which might be one of those three major buy rounds. So you know he's going to miss five games after that, which means I'm not going to have him uh, through that period. Whereas maybe I'm looking to trade trade him to a guy like Campbell Graham, uh, and then and then trade Campbell Graham back to. Homes, but I think more than likely, you know, if you go stags and ride stags all the way up, you can have him up to including round thirteen, and then just trade him to Joey Manu, and and then have Manu for the rest of the year, and that's one trade you're done in your centers, and you've had an elite, quote unquote, depending on how stags goes center for the entire time. Yeah, it's a tough decision to make. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it just depends if you if you want to spend that money in your centers. I guess. Um, yeah, it's. Uh... It's a tough one to navigate. Um, yeah. I mean, the, obviously, looking at these guys, so, like, just honing in on these five teams, uh, particularly the Cowboys, Broncos, Eels, and Rabbitohs, there's some really critical players here for overall teams where, you know, we're talking about guys with value, uh, high upside, you know, maybe a little bit of risk, but, you know, who cares, and, and a great buy schedule. Rabbitohs first. Really, the only guy there is that Isaac Tom- Isaac Thompson, uh, Tane Milne, right wing question mark. Um, and I think you know you and I are of the mind that we're just going to stick with Thompson, assuming that he runs out on the wing in Charity Shield. Yeah, again, I think this is going to be one for the eyeball test, just see how he goes. But that that is my thought because I mean, based on what we saw last year, he he was very good, and Milne was not. Um, it seemed like Thompson had won that spot until he got injured. So, yeah, I, I do think that Thompson is going to keep that spot. So I, I think I think that's the risk I'm, I'm going to take. Is circling back to the uh, risk taking in round one, I think that is one I'm mm. probably going to going to have a crack on. Um, but yeah, outside of that, Souths are pretty barren in terms of value, aren't they? Um, yeah, and all the really good options, you know, are state of origin players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Murray, Luttrell. Yeah, so I mean, those guys you sort of, you know, if Murray. I'm taking as my captain option. The others, I'm I'm actively avoiding because I don't want to have to trade them out and waste trades there. And then obviously Parramatta, we've got Hopgood, um, you know, who should be in every single team. He's at twenty four point one percent. I'm sure that'll rise once he gets named at lock and gets the jewel and all that fun stuff. Um, Ryan Madison's obviously the big disappointment here because he's a value for sure, but misses out. Um, but outside of that, there's probably nobody that I'm interested in, including the potential options in the back line, like Sean Russell, that sort of stuff. But that may be an educated decision that you make to target that that buy schedule with that, you know, those those risks like a Sean Russell, right? Or yeah, I. I... I think this is one circling back to the upside um, discussion. I just don't think he's got the upside to be worthy of that risk, um, given that he's what priced at about twenty-seven ish currently. You would need him mm. to be putting up. At, you don't need it for the entire season, but you would at least need a, a run of yeah. uh, a, a, what six games or so where he's averaging close to forty, and I just I just can't yeah. see it. Well, and I mean, if you look at this, you know, just from an NRL eyeball test point of view. Ten points on top of where he's currently priced is like Alex Johnson, Sevo, you know those types of wingers, Norfoluma, that type of winger, which you know they're few and far between in the NRL, and I don't think that's Sean Russell. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos, you know, it's basically just stags, and and I mean, I, sorry, actually, I just realised that we missed someone from the Eels, Mister Josh Hodgson, Guns himself. 
Mm. Um, that could be a calculated risk that you take. Uh, he's English, no chance of getting called up for state of origin either. Uh, in a weird position at a weird price. You know, if you're antipodding Brandon Smith and you want to go the 50K cheaper Josh Hodgson, who's available for both rounds that Brandon Smith's not available for, that's a <laughs> an interesting decision you could try to make. Well, mate, speaking of Englishmen, I'm surprised you didn't bring up your man, Victor Radley. You buy him at least once a year, so. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> no, I'm saving him for my draft. He's my next selection in my draft team, mate. Oh, spoiler. Uh, yeah, that's okay. So in the Broncos, uh, obviously we've highlighted Payne Haas. We're both fairly anti-Pat Carrigan. Um, there's, you know, Katoni Staggs there. But, I mean, outside of that, it's not really – there's not a look going on. And we're yeah. certainly not advocating buying guys who aren't buyers like uh, like a Reese Walsh type. Yeah, well, a lot of people do like the Reese Walsh. About 13.5% are on the Reese Walsh train currently. Um, yeah, falling into that trap. But, yeah, outside of that um... – not a lot there again. I think Haas is great for head-to-head players, but yeah, obviously going to be an origin in the Origin camp, assuming uh, no injuries or suspension, anything like that. But even then, he's not playing, so doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it's, it seems like it's stags or bust, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he could fall into the Murray category as well, where you just buy mm. him for the upside to round twelve till he's in the early sixties, and then sell him on for somebody and and take the profit plus the high scores. You know, that's an option you can choose there. Um, the Cowboys, the same. Ruben Cotter's in the exact same bracket as Haas there in terms of, you know, he's going to be in the Queensland team for the next 10 years, assuming he's fit. Uh, so it's important to have a look at him. But, I mean, they've got a guy who my brother uh, explicitly went to the trouble of sending us a message to tell us not to talk about. So we're going to go ahead and talk about him again, Reese Robson. Uh <laughs> Currently in 7.7% of teams, 783K, won't be in state of origin, assuming that nothing happens to Arpi or uh, Damien Cook. Not that it saved them from losing to the mighty Queensland juggernaut last year anyway. Uh, <laughs> Reese Robson, uh, he's going to develop his kicking game. Uh, he's you know, going to be nudging. He's a top three hooker and you know he's only uh, an injury away from from you know, nudging the top two or one at the position. He's available for all of those early rounds. Um, the only chink in his armour is he misses a, a head-to-head final. But, I mean, for overall players, we don't care about that. He's, uh, yeah, it, in my mind, he's probably the most essential player for overall for round one. What, what's your thoughts about that? Yeah, well, look, he's someone who's been in my life for quite a while now. I think basically ever since we did the Cowboys team preview and we sort of, uh, I think it, I think it was you that sort of, you were riding Robson off and then halfway through you riding him off, you were like, oh, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> I think there might be something oh, here. Yeah, and, and since we sort of dived into Robson a little bit more, um, yeah, no, I've, I've been all over him since then. He's uh, like, obviously we see a little bit of value here given that he, the first, what, five rounds of last year he was only playing about 60 to 70 minutes a week um and it seemed pretty clear from that point onwards that uh Peyton sees him as an 80 minute man um and I'm not too sure who else is gonna spell him at hooker if if Reese Robs uh, sorry if Jake uh, I don't think Jake Granville's gonna be in this Cowboys 17 once they're fully fit maybe you can speak to that but I, I think once they're finally back at their, their fully fit best with everyone back, I, I don't know if Granville makes a 17. I think they're going to carry a Granville or a Chester on the bench. Okay. Uh, but I don't think that that's going to be a negative for Robson. I mm. think it's more like, you know, like the equivalent of Blake Taff for the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, oh, he can play hooker, but that's not why he's there. He's there because he can play centre, a fullback, you know, as we've seen back row, Jake Granville, he's an elite uh, backline player, as we've as we've seen. So, um, yeah. Best <laughs> now, fullback in the game. Oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah. Some say he's the real reason why uh, the Cowboys let Caelan Ponga go. <laughs> um, <laughs> the longer the time goes on, the more I'm less upset about that decision. By the way. Yeah. Um, but we won't get into that because that's a rant. That's a rant for a shorter podcast. Um, now, Ryan, there's some other teams here who have availability. They're going to play round 13, 
but they do have an earlier buy. So they're not quite as good as the earlier mentioned teams, but they're, you know, they're available in round 13. Um, so that's the Raiders, Dragons, Dolphins, Eagles, Knights and the Warriors. Um, and this is really where we're filling out the bulk of our team from an overall perspective. You know, the Raiders, they've got a number of players there. They've got Tarpany, Horsburgh, Xavier Savage, the Dragons, they suck. So they've just got Tyrell Sloan. That's really it. Uh, the Dolphins, you know, the God King Anthony Milford and uh, and Hamaso Tabuai Fado. Manly, oh, I don't know what the hell's going on there. Um, and the, the Knights are probably the most fantasy-relevant team in the NRL this year. Um, they've got probably seven options. Jaden Braley, Adam Elliott, Tyson Frizzell, Jackson Hastings, Caelan Ponga, Lockie Miller, Dan Gagai, uh, and Jack scary. Hetherington. This is scary. And, and the Warriors with uh, a number of selections as well. So, I mean, barring that, you know, like there's probably right now out of that list, you know, so the list of the teams there, that's um, one, two, three, four, five, six, 15 teams that we've listed out of, of this. No, that's not right. 11. Good maths, Mark. Um, <laughs> 11 of the 17 teams. Uh, I think I've only got five players out of my 21 that, that aren't on those 11 teams. Bloody hell. Yeah. No, going, going strong, uh, keeping it within the, the club. It's, it's kind of scary um, that we've got the Warriors and the Knights down as like towards the bottom end of our ladder, but they're two of the most fantasy relevant teams this year. Mm, yeah. Oh, man. What about your boy, Daniel Safedi? You left him out. Well, I forgot about him. He's another one. Um, yeah, the, the, the physio was very praised of Fadey as well. So, yeah, that's, nah, uh, the only non, the only players that I have in my team at the moment that don't conform to that, you know, is Ghana, Katoa, Brandon Smith, uh, and then, um, Sean Bloor and Tommy Talau. So, you know, everyone else is, is in that team group of 11 players. So, oh, sorry, I lied. And I got Khan Pereira. So yeah, six. 15 and 6. So, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's it's entirely possible to make a, a highly game theory uh, contingent team there. Uh, and, you know, I've probably only got one origin player in Cameron Murray. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. It's looking, looking, looking strong from an overall perspective. Uh, I don't play two teams because that's not allowed. Uh, but my girlfriend's team, who's head to head, is completely different to the overall team. Uh, so uh, yeah, th- th- there's a lot of options there, and we've we've got a, a completely hundred uh, percent compliant team for game theory purposes. But you know, there's obviously a couple of selections in there that we wouldn't choose to make. Uh, so Ryan, I know you're only allowed to run one team as well, but um, you know. Maybe maybe you you can talk your girlfriend into running an overall team this year just to to test your chops against my uh, overall team. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Lucy's a big fan of uh, of fantasy football. Um, yep, she knows she knows. I think she knows about two players. She knows Teddy, and um, she knows the little kicker, uh, which is her nickname for Kyle Flanagan because she saw okay, her okay. He, he, she saw him on TV kicking and said that's a little kicker. Yeah, um, it's funny of all the of all the players that you could choose that Kyle Flanagan's in the, t- the only two <laughs> players that you know. Yeah, no, good good for Flano, good on him. Um, yeah. yeah, no, definitely, probably. Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be the way this year. Um, I, it's it, I don't think it's a coincidence that the only year um, I finished in the top fifty for overall, I think. I finished about 22nd or something like that, was 2020 when there was no buy rounds. Like there was literally no difference in strategy between head-to-head and overall. Um, so yeah. it goes to show how important making a, uh, well, at least, you know, having a team that's specifically for the purpose that you want it to be. Um, and it's going to be even more, the, the difference is going to be even bigger this year. Yeah, and I'm always guilty of doing the vanity rank thing and, mm. uh, you know, protecting my rank. You know, because, you know, previously, you know, I've been one, I, you know, I give advice out and the first thing that people come back to you is like, what was your rank last year? And you're like, mate, yeah. I was playing in a hundred and something dollar head-to-head league. I was, I don't care about overall, mm. you know, but, you know, they don't care about that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's important. 
So um, just just for the record, before we move into the origin period, uh, the teams that you're trying to avoid where possible without giving up obvious value, and that, that bit is very important, is the Melbourne Storm, the Cronulla Sharks, the Penrith Panthers, Gold Coast Titans, Sydney Roosters, and the West Tigers. Now, Ryan, through the middle rounds, obviously this is quite awkward here because you've got to really uh, be careful and essentially what we're trying to do is avoid origin players, uh, obviously, uh, but, you know, really targeting, you know, guys, you know, international players and, you know, guys that have finished that first buy, particularly once round 13's done, those, you know, a number of those teams, so, for example, the... Um, the Storm, the Panthers, Titans, and the Roosters, once round 13's finished, they've only got one buy for the rest of the year. Uh, and uh, actually the Sharks, sorry, all all of those teams, the Sharks as well, um, but they, sorry, and the Tigers. So they all, all six of those teams that we just mentioned earlier, they have two buys round 13 or earlier. Um, sorry, the, the Tigers and the Sharks play a, uh, miss a minor buy instead of a major buy. That's why I, I stuffed that up. Um, so round 14, that's this is the point as an overall coach where you're targeting Nico Heinz. Uh, I'd almost go so far as to say, you know, he's a he's a must from from 14 on because he's going to play everything uh, other than round, I think it's round 17. Hmm. So. Yeah, uh, I think he certainly fits that build. I, I think the same way we were talking about, we've spoken about Joey Manu in terms of um, the right time to buy a player. Um, mm. uh, there's definitely a right time to buy some players, and I think yeah, Nico Hines certainly fits that mould of when is the right time to buy him. And yeah, I personally, I think it's I'm with you. I think round 14, that's when you jump on, um, especially for head-to-head players as well. Like that's where you want to be. Yeah. So yeah, non state of origin elite scorers after round thirteen from those six teams. That's what you want. So you're looking for obviously in the storm, the large majority of their players are playing state of origin, but depending on Ryan Pappenhausen's injury status at that time, you're gonna have a look at him. Uh obviously Nico Hines, uh Panthers are basically chock a block full of origin players without sort of anything else going on. Same thing with the Titans, actually. Where's your bloody internationals, Titans, you bastards? It's all <laughs> Queensland state of origin. Uh, state of origin heroes, though, so, you know, understandable. Uh, the Roosters, obviously, targeting Manu. And then the West Tigers, actually, are going to have a couple of really nice ones there. John Bateman, Isaiah Papali'i. They're going to have, uh, uh, oh, mate, what's his name? Adam Dewey. They're going to have... Uh, and maybe even oh, depending on state of origin uh, compilation, that maybe Happy Coruscant. They're going to have uh, you know the Mercurial Luke Brooks. No, don't don't put Luke Brooks. Um, there's one I'm missing, David Clemmer. Yeah, they could, I mean there could be uh, often Gowie or Clemmer, depending on how the minute rotation shakes out. If there's injuries in that forward pack as the season wears on. Yeah, no, there's definitely there's a lot of really great options. Uh, in there that you should be looking at. Uh, but also, like, at that time, you can sort of go, you know what, I'm going to, you know, roll the dice on the Origin players, uh, being that, you know, they go, they, you know, they've had a break in 13, you know. The, like, there's a couple of teams in particular, like the Panthers, they don't really rest players that much. Um, so, you know, round 14, 15, you might be targeting Nathan Cleary, Isaiah Yo at that time as well, maybe, uh, depending on the price. Don't don't let the uh, the origins scare you away, you know. Post then, but obviously the latest that you can work, you know, wait the best. So, um, now uh, once we reach the run home, uh, we're targeting, you know, uh, I guess it depends on the storm, but oh, Newcastle's the other one, and. Um, and Manly, they only have, you know, after round 14, uh, Knights, so Knights and Manly are on a buy in round 14, but then they only miss one of the major buy rounds and that's it. So, you know, you might be looking at a Tyson Frizzell or, or uh, you know, a Kalen Ponga type at that time or, to, you know, even Tommy Turbo 
Um, you know, you know, DCE, there's lots of options there. Manly's another team, don't really rest players that often. Um, but Ryan, I guess the end of the season is where we run into the uh the buzzsaw of uh late season uh <laughs> trying to make the head to head grand finals or trying to mm. win overall without Rabbitohs, Cowboys, Broncos, and Bulldogs on your team. Yeah, I think this one is going to be the one that really separates the head-to-head to the overall teams uh, in keeping those trades up your sleeve. Obviously, now fan, nowadays, Fan Hub uh, keeps some trades behind a, a little wall until you get to, uh, what is it, round 19 or something. They, they add a few more to your, to your, uh, mm. to your back pocket uh, you can use. But again, it, making sure you don't burn through trades initially and managing those buy rounds, making sure you've got players for head-to-head finals, um, you're buying players at the right time. Very important. Um, I mean, obviously, first, you've got to get to the head-to-head finals, and that's where something something important, maybe like starting with Murray, is the is the uh, correct strategy um, and selling them on before then. But, yeah, once once you get to that time, you got, you've got to manage it very carefully. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, for overall players, uh, yeah, Broncos, Eels, Rabbitohs, Cowboys, you know, they're all, you know, guys that have got, you know, a number of buys late, but there's so many fantasy relevant guns in those teams, you know, it really is important, particularly if you're running low on trades, which, you know, more than likely you're going to be by that point because of who we are as people, um, that, you know, you're, you know, you're you're actively avoiding, you know, Broncos, Rabbitohs, Eels players, but there's, you know, Carrigan, Haas, bloody, you know, there's like five keepers in the Rabbitohs team, um, plus, you know, maybe a Madison or, you know, these sorts of guys, Moses, Dylan Brown. Like Dylan Brown and Moses are going to be probably two players that are extremely essential through the the buy period. But then, you know, you want to be off them, you know, come round 20-ish. So, yeah, lots of, you know, interesting strategies here. Um, but that's basically overall... And essentially, you know, talking about it in too much detail now is going to be really hard because, you know, it's, you know, it's fairly nuanced and, you know, God knows what teams are going to look like come, you know, around 9, 10, 11 injuries. You know, and best laid plans are, are great. But, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, as we know, <laughs> um, we can make all the plans in the world, but the fantasy gods will just tear you down if you uh, if you try to nominate specific players. Yeah, exactly. We always go through the effort of doing all this planning, but at the end of the day, um, there's the L word that comes into it, and that's luck. Um, yes. Yeah, there's only there's only so much you can do in terms of stats planning and buy planning. At some point, you are going to be faced with injuries and suspensions that you are going to have to deal with. Thankfully, uh, suspensions are a little bit easier to deal with than what they were a couple of years ago when everyone was getting two weeks off for a crusher tackle or something like that. But yeah, um, yeah, like injury, even like yeah, I'm sure you spoke about this with the physio, like the concussion stuff. You don't know whether that's going to be right to play the next week, like we're seeing with mm. Murray or. It's going to be eight weeks off like we've seen with Madison, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, I mean, the equation becomes a lot easier as a head-to-head player if you're only focusing on that because, you know, you can look at so, those those sort of earlier teams that we discussed and go, righto, you know, there's teams that, you know, are available for all but one of the head-to-head matchups and just go, right, I'm going to target players from those teams. So that that's uh, the Roosters, the Panthers – the Titans and the Storm, and, you know, as a head-to-head player, you are actively targeting those teams, whereas as an overall player, you're avoiding them, <laughs> yeah. uh, which, you know, is, is, is an interesting thing. But, you know, you still, even if you're a head-to-head player, you don't go, oh, well, you know, um, I'm going to avoid early value to try to, you know, get a player from the Roosters instead of a player from the Knights, for argument's sake. Uh, you yeah. might make a different reason why you choose those players but that's uh yeah it, it's it's sort of the opposite because I, I got when i was looking at nico hines's schedule it's sort of a schedule that's a little bit annoying for a head-to-head player because he's got that round 17 buy which is sort of when you need is when you need players the most because you don't know who's <laughs> going to be backing up after origin yep. um, yeah yeah the minor buy round yeah because mm. yeah. there's three teams on a buy and all the state of origin players may be getting rested or some of them particularly teams that have these awkward buys, you know, and Nico Hines for a, an overall player, he's a godsend at that time in round 17. That's fine because you can sort of make up the numbers. But 
uh, yeah, round, you know, r- round 17 as a head-to-head player, you really need your million-dollar half to be available. Yeah, especially when your other million-dollar half could be having a rest that week. Yeah, no, exactly right. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way because, say, like the Rabbitohs, right, they've got a couple of buys on non-origin rounds. So theoretically, you would have to imagine that that means that their players aren't going to be additionally rested. Whereas, you know, in teams like the Storm, the Roosters, the Panthers and the Titans, well, not that the Titans are going to be playing for, for you know, grand finals anyway. But, um, you know, the Storm, the Roosters, uh, sorry, the Storm, the Roosters and the Panthers, they're all going to be in and around the top eight. Um, and, you know, their coaches are going to be, you know, dealing with the fact that players from other teams who don't play Origin have had three games off and they haven't had any well, they had one, but it was in round three when they didn't need it. <laughs> round two, three, four, when they didn't need it, and and now they're having a rest. You know, on you know all their non-origin players are fresh, but the origin guys are just way more gassed than than everybody else. And I mean, that might be a consideration for even for head-to-head coaches as well. Like, you know, you if you're selecting between Cleary and Hines, Cleary's had one break, Hines has had four. You know, do they, you know, is that a difference in a head-to-head matchup at the end? Yeah, it could be. It certainly could be. Like if it's an extra extra time to um, heal any niggles or, you know, those in- ling- those lingering injuries that every player in the league plays through, um, it, it could could be a, a big difference in performance there. That, that is an interesting thing to think about for sure. Yeah, and it may be a case of like, you know, you know I know last year we were a bit gung-ho with – the injuries where like players were playing through and we were just like, yeah, like, you know, like Tyson Frizzell where we probably should have been telling people not to buy them. Um, you know, whereas this year, like those guys going to have three rounds off and like particularly some of them, like within the space of four weeks, so having two buys, you know, maybe they're, that maybe they're healed up after that. And we're, maybe we'll be going the opposite direction and being, I mean, I can't see us being too conservative if I'm being fair, but... <laughs> yeah, when have we been? I started talking and I went, no, that's stupid. There's no <laughs> way we're going to be too conservative. Although I, that's probably been my undoing as a uh, as a, a fantasy player has been too conservative or being aggressive in the wrong places, so... Yeah, true. Oh, yeah, so head-to-head play is actually really interesting. There's one team in particular whose schedule stands out more than everyone else's being a buy in round one, that's the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you're, a, if you're a head-to-head player, actively target the Broncos. Uh, good players. Not, you know, that doesn't mean go and buy Reese Walsh. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you to go buy <laughs> Payne Haas. That's it. That's it. Maybe you could don't hear what I'm if you feel Don't unlucky. hear what I'm not saying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, and your um, your big bloody million word article um, breaking this all down, and when I got to the head to head section, it really convinced me that I need to start with Payne Haas as a head to head coach. So, like, I'm starting with Cleary and Haas, and like that Haas covers. Obviously, he's going to be available a lot, um, and up until including the um, origin period beginning, but he also covers Cleary's round three buy. He's a reliable captaincy option. Um, mm. I, I hope anyway. Uh, hopefully, we don't get a repeat of last year. But um, no, sat- yeah. Saturday, Saturday night matchup against the Dragons, mate. He'll be ready to go. Oh, I'm keen, keen. Yeah, no, and he's, he's got the uh, the Panthers in round one as well. It's uh, Blue Bat Stadium. He, he normally uh, doesn't play too badly against Penrith as well. He's I I think in I think 2020 the Panthers were a bit soft around the middle. And uh, I don't know if you remember, he made that like line break, like five six tackle bust try, just to the right of the goalpost against the Panthers a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, was where he like, scored about a hundred and something points. Oh yeah, no, I still I still remember that. I, th- I think uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, that that was a beautiful one. That was so good. Yeah. I think that was twenty twenty one, maybe. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, when was that? Was it twenty? Was it twenty nineteen? Surely not. Yeah, no, it was 2019. Round 22, he scored a try against the Penrith, scored 100 points in 61 minutes, old scoring. Yeah. 12 tackle boy. busts. Bloody hell. Yeah, that was it. That was the that was the move. Two line was, breaks, 12 tackle busts. Yeah, that, that was, was when the that, Panthers were really squishy around the middle. Yeah, that was his cash cow year. <laughs> oh, I love that. Love that. 
Yeah, we got spoiled with cash cows in those two years between 19 and 20 with Harry Grant and Payne Haas. Oh, mate, didn't we? And, we, I and think John, ba- that... John Bateman was 2019, I think, as well. Yeah, Bateman and Nakora were that year too. Jeez, we oh, got real so spoiled. Good. So good. Oh, wow. Yeah, nah, that's all right. So, mate, any anything further to add for your head-to-head players? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, this sounds like obvious wisdom, but don't waste trades. Yeah, no, I think so. Because um, the trade totals up into the 40s this year, isn't it? Isn't it? And they, 44. Sort of, yeah, and they've sort of kept a few behind the paywall. So, um, I think it's eight. I think it's eight from round 21 onwards, is, I think mm. is what it is. Yeah, so uh, and I don't I don't even think that's going to be enough um, with because most head to head grand final is going to be round twenty six. So yeah, you're going to have to keep a few up your sleeve with all these buys and so many good teams being on buys. Um, save your trades during the the buy rounds, and I'm sure we'll have this come up um, once we eventually get into it in the season because it happens every year. We get people wanting to trade out a player in round 13 to another player that's also not playing, like they want to get ahead of it. And that's just never a good idea. Make sure you don't never do that because um, you never know what can happen in training. Like, And all of a sudden you get stuck. They get injured at training and all of a sudden you've got this bloke that hasn't played a single game for you. You've just wasted a trade. So I think that's another important one, but I'm sure we'll bring that up once we get to the uh, first major buy round. Yeah, I think there was the old uh, – I think Rob did that with Ruben Cotter. <laughs> Last year, oh, that was when he was an intern. He was he was not as smart as he is now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he bought him uh, before he did his hammy in uh, warm ups. Yeah, <laughs> fresh off his seventy five minute state of origin performance with a hamstring niggle, and did uh-huh. his hammy in the warm ups. Didn't watch the warm up and and got locked into his team. And then he held him for about eight weeks until he came back and <laughs> and didn't score as well. That was great. That was so good. That was like you know not quite. Not quite as bad as me just avoiding Cleary in 20, 2021, but you know, it was it was in it was in the tier, uh, you know. So yeah, no, it definitely. If you're looking for a uh, you know a breakdown of what teams to target for head and overall through the uh, the season, what your you know a final team might look like for that you know that sort of um, bloody. Uh, you know, for a head-to-head or overall, what you might be looking like, how many trades you might need come come that time. You know, all of that's all in this game theory article. Uh, Ryan, any anything else that we should sort of chat about? I mean, until we get into the season proper, it's sort of hard to go too far in into the depths of this. Yeah, no, I think we've touched on plenty. We don't want to go uh, two hours. <laughs> if Rob was here, this pod would be two hours. It's his fault. Um, it's only if he's in charge, mate. It's a, that's why. That's why I'm the host. I'm able to keep the people in line. I'm able to keep it running nice and smooth. You know, I'm like uh, you know the wild the cap the the captain of Wild Oats, the uh, the the racing boat. That's me. I'm you know the Sydney to Hobart. I'm getting it done nice and quick. Rob's in one of those little you know two man catamarans. It takes like seven months to get from Sydney to Hobart. <laughs> oh geez Sydney to Hobart uh, references that's the uh, the quality we are here yeah well I mean we normally do other sports we haven't had our you know we don't really get into the yacht racing very often so I think there's a reason for that it's new it's nuanced <laughs> um, also just for those of you that are doing your teams um, even if you're not interested in draft and we strongly recommend that you become interested in draft uh Go in and check out the draft guide because we have all of our projections, positional sort of analysis and rankings uh, sort of laid out there. That actually really helped me make some firm decisions on my overall team while I was actually writing it and, and compiling it all. Uh, but, um, you know, go in, you know, get a couple of your mates together, join a draft league. You know, even if you suck, it doesn't matter. It's just a different way to play fantasy. Obviously, Ryan and I do NFL fantasy where it's only draft and it's awesome. It's the best way to do fantasy in the right, you know, in the right circumstances. Obviously, the player pool is a little bit small. But I think a 10-team league with 13 starters and like five or six on the bench is probably the go for, for draft. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's about right. Like, that's what we're doing in our draft league. Um, I think in the – because I'm also in a dynasty draft league with a few. I think you're in that as well, Mark. Um, no, I'm not. I, I missed that one. Oh, you're not? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay, well, in, in that one, the squad sizes are a little bit smaller, but 
like the playing size is a little bit smaller. There's only one half and one center, um, but that's more because there's a little bit more teams and you want to keep more bench spots available. But yeah, no, for your classic draft, I think 13 is plenty with, um, with 10 teams. Yeah, no, great. So jump in there, you know, check out our draft content, check out the NRL Physio podcast and, you know, do that. Obviously, we've got trials starting. The uh, I think there's a, a trial that's about to kick off in about half an hour, which should be great. Uh, another one, obviously, we've seen the Broncos one earlier today, um, not to give you a giveaway on, on what day we're recording this. But, um, yeah, Ryan, any any closing thoughts? Or you're happy? You oh. think we're given 100% correct advice? Yeah, oh, mate, we we give nothing but correct advice, and it's money back if it's if if uh, if we haven't <laughs> money back guarantee. Please, um, yeah, no, contact your your local PayPal provider, and they'll they'll give you money back for this podcast. But no, I, th- I think I think if you want any more, head to uh, amateur, amateursfantasysports.com slash nrl, and that's uh, everything you need right there. Yeah, good stuff. And obviously, once the trials happen, we get a bit more clear idea on teams. We'll do some, you know, mopping up and making any changes to lineups and all that sort of stuff. Because that's the sort of diligent uh, content producers we are. So thank you very much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Love you guys.